Hello and welcome to another episode of the OFF TV podcast. This time we are focusing on the League of Ireland Premier Division and Paul Nealon and Gary Spain are here to talk about the games over the weekend, the results and League of Ireland in Europe, the draws that came in. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. We're going to talk about all the Premier Division games from over the weekend. Uh, Gary, how are you keeping? Enjoy that uh, weekend of football. Yeah, keeping well, Paul. Yeah, I enjoyed the weekend. A uh, couple of surprises. Um, I know you were at Bowes and Dundalk, which is for me was a, a big surprise. And uh, well, what did you think? Were Bowes value for the win? I think so, yeah, because they started so brightly. They obviously got the early goal with Danny Grant and then the goal from Keith Buckley. I think the two goals so quickly and so early really shocked Dundalk. You could tell that they just weren't expecting that whatsoever. And you know, everyone knows how good Dundalk are, but they just haven't shown so far this season. Or, well, sorry, they ha- not this season, since the restart, uh, the two games. You know, they, they just look a little bit sluggish, just kind of, just don't seem to be getting that kind of rhythm going, which we're so used to seeing. And Bose, to their credit, I mean, they could have been 4 5 one up easily. And uh, Gary Rogers made three or four really, really good saves. Um, and you remember that they were without Dan Omandreo for this game as well. So, like, you would have thought Dundalk were the favourites for this game, albeit it was away, an away game. But for me, looking at the game as, uh, overall, I, I, I'm now looking at Bowes, and I think they are the real deal. And they could really, you know, finish the season strongly if they keep going the way they're going. They've good young players all over the pitch. They've nearly two players for every position now. Um, even James Talbot's taking a spot on the bench. If Stephen McGinnis coming in and filling in and doing brilliantly, like they have literally really good players all over the pitch. And I'm looking at Dundalk. I think some of their new signs they're going to need some time to bed in. I think to to kind of get that little bit of um, settling in period. Odua and Kolovic. Kolovic uh, actually provided unbelievable assists for for Michael Duffy's header just before half time. And you would have said at that point that they were lucky to get that goal because. Uh, as I said, Bowes could have been easily. Uh, I I think I said overall it could have been five one, but in the first half it could have been easily three or four one. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a shock. I'm sure anyone who was at home or 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 just kind of getting an alert off their phone would have been checking it, being like, "What's going on here? Like, how is how is it two one or how was it two nil at the time?" Sorry to Bowes because as I said, the dock would have been the favourites going into that game. You know. Yeah, I just uh, what do you think of the Dundalk defence? It 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 always used to be a strong point to me, and uh, I feel they were not taking anything away from those who were superb and fully deserved the win. I agree. Uh, I thought the goals were a little bit easy. I I thought Chris Twardick gave Sean Gannon a total roasting, and uh, I thought the, the the first goal, the ball came a long way into the box, and there was no pressure on the ball. Denny Grant seemed to rise unchallenged and it's not it's not the Dundalk we know from from previous well even just even before lockdown and going back over the years yeah well I think it's look it's one of those things isn't it Um, I think Sean Gannon didn't have his best night of football and he's usually absolutely excellent and you know consistently been so good for the last how many years you know Um, so I think Chris Twardak has been probably the best signing um, the season anyway. I know the season's been stop start, but even before the lockdown, he was brilliant. And um, just look, he's an international player for Canada. So yeah, just he's good on the left. Yeah, Danny Grant on the right. You know what I mean? And and he actually switched because he doesn't normally play on the left. Uh, he'd normally play on the right, and Mandreo would play there. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So so I think maybe Gannon was preparing maybe for Grant rather than. Um, Twardak, I think he said that in the after-match interview, which we'll obviously pull up now in a sec. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like as I said, if it wasn't for Gary Rogers, they they conceded three more easily. He made um, three one-on-one saves, and then he made a great save from an Andre Roy header as well. He tipped it over the bar. So yeah, like I don't know what's going on with the unlocked defense. We obviously had Andy Boyle and and Danny, Daniel Cleary in there as well. So. It was a a solid defense. Like it wasn't. They weren't missing anybody. Do you know what I mean? It's like Chris Shields in midfield. We had Uben. They had players that would normally always play playing. And um, Flores was in there too. Obviously, he's having a decent season, goal scoring wise. Um, so yeah, it's it was shocking for me. But I don't know. Maybe they're just having a couple of bad days. You got to remember, 
People are treating the Pats game last week like a defeat. It was a draw. It wasn't a defeat. I think it felt like a defeat for a lot of Dundalk fans, and particularly when Shamrock Rovers uh, came back and, and beat Finn Harps then. Yeah, well, look, um, maybe so, but I, I, like Pats got beat by Derry then, didn't they? You know, after that performance. So everyone's kind of beating everybody. Yeah. So, um, and do you think Bowes can challenge for the title now? Is that is that unrealistic or is is it on? You know what? I was thinking it yesterday when Derry won the up against Shamrock Rovers, which we'll come to later on in the show. And I was thinking, do you know what? It might be a title race here. And I was obviously going to look like a good result for Dundalk too. But uh, look, if they can, happy days. I think it's exciting if they can. So um, I hope they can. Uh, whether they can sustain the momentum, it remains to be seen. But yeah, they look they look good. They look sharp and. Um, you know, they were drawn in Europe. Another thing we'll talk about in a little bit. But, uh, you know, so they'll be looking forward to that as well. So that that could take its toll on them in the league too. So kind of have to weigh that one up too. But um, if I was a Bose fan, I'd be very excited about the, the future ahead. And Keith Long deserves great credit because you got to remember, uh, not that long ago, he lost a lot of players. Uh, I think it was the season before last. In the summer, he lost a lot of players or at the end of the season. And a lot of them, those players left. And he had to kind of you know, keep the keep the boat afloat really and he has done that magnificently and the players that he's brought in have been unbelievable. You know, he's bringing on young players off the bench today. Dawson DeVoy's only like seventeen came off the bench today. Really good player. They, they just they just obviously with the Saint Kevin's connection, they've got something really good going on there. They're producing players all the time and you know, it's 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 not really a surprise to me now that uh, how well they're doing in the league because of the what the players they're producing you know well keith long has done a, a superb job as you say i mean it, but everyone was written that writing them off last year i mean they finished third and i think people were even well into the season no matter how impressive they were saying oh they'll fall away they're part-time they're up against the full-time teams they qualified for europe third place i thought look fantastic they've had an amazing season i, I thought the best they could do this season was third and now you're looking at they're gone ahead of dundalk they're in second place Six points off Rovers. They still have to. They're playing them early next month in Tala. I, I look. I, I'm going to write them off again. I don't think they can win the league, but they've been proving me wrong and proving everybody else wrong. So, do you think? I mean, are both fans dreaming of winning the title? And I mean, they'd be taking it from Shamrock Rovers. Well, effectively, who are it's theirs to lose. So, is is it realistic? I still think there's a lot of games to be played. Uh, not to sound like that old cliche type of thing, but there is. I think Europe might might be a, a factor in this as well. And then you've got obviously as well the fact that they have to play each other. So it could open it like it could really open it. You know, for for all the teams really for Dundalk, Bowes, and Rovers. Um, you know, if if they get a couple of wins against each other, who knows what could happen? I still think Dundalk are you know, have to come back and and we'll go on a bit of a run. So I I wouldn't rule Dundalk out just yet. I still think that they would finish ahead of Bose. But I'm just saying Bose fans, um, whether they want to get excited or not, that they have something good going on there and they should be getting right behind it. And they're really good to watch as well. So I think if anyone's kinda of coming into the League of Ireland with looking for a team that kinda of play good football, they're young, fast, exciting and they've kind of got a good blend of experience there as well. That Bowes would be a good team for them to, especially if they're only getting into the league, to go watch anyway. But in my opinion, I'd have to watch Shells, but it is what it is. Okay. But uh, I call up with Chris Twardek uh, and Keith Long after, after the break or after the match the other day, so you can hear what they have to say. Here's Chris Twardek. Okay, so I'm just joined by Bohemians Chris Twardek after a 2-1 win you played your part in the second goal um, what was your thoughts overall on the game it's a massive result uh, well we went into the game kind of knowing what there was to play for you know bypassed them and, and the reality is we're coming into almost halfway into the season um, so we're, we're delighted but we kind of know that you kind of know that you have to follow it up with a win that's the message that's the message from, from the top you know follow it up with a win next week and then you're you, like we spoke about in the break, uh, you got to hit the ground running, and, and we did that. We've done that six points out of six, so so we're we're, we're re- real happy with that. Yeah, you, you caused a lot of problems on the left hand side against arguably the best right back in, in the in the league. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Like, did you come into the game knowing that you were up against obviously um, Sean Gannon, who's yeah, been known well, for how many well, years now? Yeah, 
well, you know what? Normally we'd have myself on the right and Danny on the left. Yeah. And the, the gaffers decided to swap it. And, and for whatever reason, I think it, it worked out well today. You know, uh, Danny Grant got a lot of joy last week in Cork. And, and today, you know, sometimes you just get more of the ball. It just depends on how the game's spaced out. So, so uh, he's a great defender. So there's nothing, there's nothing that can be said. You know, maybe next week, you know, he'll get the better of me. And it's just like that in football. Yeah, now you mentioned there obviously the fact that Dan's not playing, but you wouldn't even notice that he wasn't playing considering how well he's playing. I mean, this could have probably been about four or five goals up, you know, other than Gary Rogers making three unbelievable saves, yeah. one from yourself as well. Yeah. But like, you must be going into every game now believing you can beat anyone at this rate. Well, we, 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 I spoke about that in the interview with you the, earlier, and, and that's, that's our belief. You know, we, we've, we've, we've got good coaching staff, we're well organised, and, and we've got. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of attributes that can threaten a lot of teams and, and there's that buzz with Europe as well. You know, there's a lot to play for, even though it's been a shortened season. So, so I think there's a lot of excitement, a lot of optimism in the group and, and that takes you a long way in, in football. Yeah, I was just saying to the manager there, Keith, that, uh, you know, is it a case now of just trying to finish as high up in the league as possible now? You know what? The, I know it was terrible conditions at the start of the season, but that game against Rovers could have easily been a nil-nil draw, or, or even we could have won it. I, I missed a chance there in the first half against them, and, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're one two points off them. But there's there's still so much that can happen. I mean, things change at week to week basis. So so we're still playing for you have you have to go you have to go for the. It's, you'd be silly not to go for for the the highest you could go, which is winning the league, winning the FAI Cup. That's 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 our ambition. Yeah, and obviously there's not shortage of quality as we've seen today. So many good young players coming through at the moment. So, as you say, you must have serious belief to go on and maybe achieve some sort of trophy this year. Yeah, that's the thing. We we worked so hard over the break, and and you don't put in hours and hours a day over over you know three months, and nobody's seeing any of that. Um, you know, it's easy to it's easy to put in a shift whenever there's there's a streaming service or when there's fans in the stadium. But but when you're you're putting it in on a day to day basis, like like we felt we done. You know, you reap the benefits when you come back. So, so, so we're going for trophies. We're going for wins on a week-to-week -week basis, and and we're optimistic about that. Mm. Well, onwards and upwards, Chris. Thanks very much for your time. I let you go. All right. Awesome. So I'm just here with Keith Long after his side's two-one victory over Dundalk. Keith, you must be absolutely delighted after that. Yeah, it's a, it's a good win. Obviously, we're very pleased. Um, great start to the restart first. Two wins. Um, Big performance today because I think we played quite well. Um, we rode our luck once or twice, but I think equally so. So did Dundalk. Um, we've had we've had more, probably unbalanced the better of the chances and more chances in the game. Uh, potentially could have won the game a little bit more comfortably, but you know we we've gone two ahead in the first half and we were good value for that. And we've had a chance or two more. I think JJ Gary Rogers uh, saves at his feet. Um, Andre has a header that Gary Rogers tips over the bar. Say, so. Yeah. Um, you know, and we we concede a, a disappointing goal at the back post um, in the 42nd minute. So we could have gone in at 2-0. We would go in at 2-1. We refocused the boys at half time. We, we approached the game the second half as if it was nil all. We come out. Pahoban hits a, a header, plants a header against the crossbar. So we get away with that a little bit. But then I felt we grew into the game quite well. Second half and created chances, played on the front foot a little bit. Um, I thought the boys carried out the game plan to, to a tee, you know, they were disciplined in their approach, got a little bit tired towards the end, I think that's only natural, but I think we showed some good fitness levels, good energy around the team, and I thought I thought we're, we're worthy winners, to be honest. Yeah, definitely, and it, it, like you wouldn't even notice the absence of James Talbot or, or Dan Mangio, you know, these were that good. Danny Grant and Chris Twardick on the wings were really like causing havoc and Keith Ward pulling the strings. We, were you surprised in any way that you were going to have that type of performance, obviously against Dundalk, you know? Yeah, well, listen, we felt and, and that Dundalk would be hurting because of, you know, their disappointing performance last week, I suppose, when yeah. you look at, look at that. And they've got, they've got some strong characters in their dressing rooms, their serial winners, so we were expecting a bit of a backlash. And we started the game really well. We've got quality in our team, you know, I've said it in my programme notes. We've got some capable players here at the football club. We've got a lot of young players coming through. Dawson Devoy like uh, coming on for Keith Ward and like you said Wardy Wardy gave us everything. Wardy's been fantastic since we've come back uh, to training. His attitude, you know, is infectious. You know, he's shown a lot of maturity now around the group and he's a, he's one of the leaders in the dressing room, believe it or not. So for a cheeky 
Mikey Chappy, but the boys down the side really good. Twardick and, and Danny Grant, we, we, you know, so they, they've they've caused problems. The both fullbacks, Andre Wright was a handful a handful today up front, gave us a platform to play from. Um, back four were solid, disciplined. You know, middle two, JJ and and and, and Bucco, you know, covered a lot of ground in there for us today. You know, so good performance, good team performance, and I think we, you know, we're deserved winners. Yeah, without jumping too far ahead, and you know. You know, this, the less fixtures or whatever. It's, in your case, is it just trying to finish as high as possible now? Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Like I mean, not getting too carried away now or anything. No, we're not getting carried away at all. Let's that, we leave that to you guys in the media <laughs> to to decide. You know where we lie. We we focus on every game. And we focus on the next game. Um, we've got Finn Harps away. I'm just said to the boys inside that. It's really important that we we prepare properly this week. We recover well tomorrow. We get ourselves right for for the game up in Bally Buffet because today will count for nothing um, if we don't go to a really tough place and to grind out a, a result up there. So it's it, that's really important. Uh, but but on today, on last week, we can ask no no more from the players. We've we've got back to back wins. We asked for a fast start in this restart, and I think we've got that. So it's you know credit to the players how they've how they've trained, their attitude and application to what we've done in lockdown. Um, and I think we've come back a better team as a result of being able to work with the players um, in, in, in a lot more detail than than we would normally in a normal season. So it's, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Today's a good game, a good win for us. And we're delighted with, with, with the results. So, um, but, but we're not getting carried away. We know that there's a lot of games, a lot of football to be played. There's, you know, a lot, a lot of highs and lows. And we've got to make sure that we keep ourselves on, a, on an even keel and make sure that we stay grounded, which we will. We've got a good group. Uh, the players will refocus very, very quickly and our attention will turn to, to, to Harps on, on Saturday. Well, Keith, thanks very much. Enjoy the night and congratulations. Okay, thanks a lot. Oh. So they are Keith Long and Chris Twarg. I know it was a bit long there, but um, that was just their reaction. They basically... Keith Law is not getting carried away, but at the same time, Chris Twardak has said their ambition is to, to aim as high as possible, win a trophy if they can. But uh, keeping it at the top, Shamrock Rovers against Derry, which uh, I know you watched and I watched it as well. Um, but obviously Derry took the lead, Walter Figueira with the with the goal, the shot cross, whatever you want to call it, it was a cross to me. Um, Pico Lopez goes to head it, seems to kind of misjudge the flight of the ball, goes in past Alan Manis and it's 1-0. It was a shock um, kind of lead. Uh, I thought anyway uh, for Derry to t- to take the lead. What did you, what were you thinking when you seen it was one nil Derry? I was thinking title race on. Yeah, I I was thinking. I thought it came slightly against the run of play, but I, I thought Derry played really well, and yeah, it, certainly they were they were well in the game. And when the goal went in, uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. It may have been a cross, but it, it could be one of those crosses that players kind of aim to to just nip inside the far post anyway just in case. But anyway, uh, it was definitely, it was title race on at 1-0, and you're thinking, wow. And I mean, and that's putting bows, not not just on top, just putting bows right in the title race then as well. Yeah, uh, but obviously, Shamrock Rovers, Stephen Baddy made the subs, um, he brought them on, uh, Williams, Ferrugia, and who was the last sub then? Graham, Graham Burke and Rory Gaffney came on as well. He had some, he, I think, Neil Ferrugia and Graham Burke, I think, came on at half time, and then Rory Gaffney and Dean Williams came on early enough, I think, in the second half. And uh, it's what a bench, what the caliber of players to be able to bring on off the bench to change a game. Well, this is what I'm saying about teams at the top. I said it on, I was on Today FM on Saturday and I was saying it to Deck Pierce. It's like the teams at the top, the reason they're at the top is because they've got only two players for every position Bowes, Dundalk, Rovers. And then they bring off someone, they bring on someone who's almost, if not better, as good as in quality. Um, And they can do that when you've got the likes of Ferrugia. And I was saying, like, he needs to be pushed up higher, in my opinion. When he's in one on one situations, he skins the fullback every time. And he was doing that then. And I th- uh, the ball came across anyway on the, from the right hand side. And Williams gets gets a uh, head on it. And it came back off the uh, upright. I think it was the post to hit off. And then it went in off Horgan. Unfortunately for him, like <laughs> he just happened to be standing in the wrong oh. place at the wrong time. Because Derry, to their, to their credit, were worth the lead. You could see they were frustrating Shamrock Rovers. Um, the the pitch itself looked for extra bouncy yesterday. I don't know what it was, but uh, 
It just looked like it wasn't a, a good surface for Rovers to play on. They didn't seem like they could get that crisp passing going. But look, they stuck it out. They obviously got their goal. Uh, I thought Cherry made an unbelievable save from Williams. That went out for a corner. And then the following, uh, resulting corner came true. And it was Pico Lopez there, who has a habit of getting important goals for Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, it was... Uh... Well, we go back to the first goal because I think I think that was absolutely crucial because it looked like um, Rovers. They they came on in the second half. The, the substitutions made a difference. Uh, it was actually Rory Gaffney who crossed it in for um, for Dean Williams. So it was two subs combining. And uh, yeah, I really feel for Colin Horgan. There's nothing he could do about it. Running back and uh, but. Yeah, once the first goal went in, I think the second one was coming. Uh, Cherry made a brilliant save, as you mentioned, with his legs. And then uh, Pico Lopez, uh, he was actually, um, who was it? Um, it was Graham Burke, actually, the other substitute who set up, uh, who, who crossed in the ball. And it just fell. It was a bit of a scramble. It fell to Pico Lopez. Absolutely crucial goal. But even then, even then, Derry hit the bar. Alan Manis had to make two superb saves. And that's only in the last 10 minutes and, and whatever at a time there was. So, um, but having said that, I mean, Rovers weren't at their best on Sunday, but what a sign of a team that's going to win a league. If you can go away from home to a really difficult place, you're not playing at your best. You go behind, you go and win 2-1. I'll tell you that more than any other game this season has really, really got to be the sign of champions or champions elect. That was a that was a really impressive win. Yeah, well, they seem to just, uh, you know, not stopped since the FAI Cup win. They've kind of just kept that momentum going. And um, I was just watching them yesterday. They reminded me of Manchester United when Ferguson was in charge, the way they were just relentless. They were just going for that goal, going for that goal, going for that goal. Then they got it. Then they got the winner. And then they defended for their lives so that they wouldn't concede a goal. Uh, which, you know, as you said, is a sign of champions. I'm not going to say that they are champions yet because this, I still think there's a lot of games to be played. And there's, I think there's going to be some ups and downs still. Um, I think there might be a couple of shocks in there too. Um, but look, they're definitely they're definitely doing something special there at Rovers as well. We spoke about Bowes and what they're doing. You know, Williams coming through there. They've obviously got other players that they're bringing up from Shamrock Rovers too. We've got Brandon Kavanagh, who got a few, I think he got his third assist in two games for Shamrock Rovers too as well. So they're producing good young players as well, let's not forget. But um, Derry, I think, you know, on reflection, they take a lot of positives out of the game. I, I think definitely the the probably the only well yeah they're probably the only team to kind of frustrate Shamrock Rovers this season I think I know Dundalk scored um two against them and looked like they were going to win it in Tala and then that was the game turned on its head and they won 3-2 so they're, they are showing signs of, cha- signs of champion Rovers but at the same time I think Terry deserve huge credit for their performance yesterday they didn't to lose they didn't sorry deserve to lose the game yesterday I thought they were brilliant and again they're just problem is consistency that's their only problem yeah definitely with the consistency point of view i mean they came back from lockdown and had a shock uh well it was a shock home defeat by sligo rovers then they go down and play a flying st pat's team and they they beat them well in in richmond park and they played really well yesterday as you say they will feel very very unfortunate Another point about Shamrock Rovers has got to be their fitness. I think that's the fourth game they've won in the last 20 minutes. They beat Bowes in the first game of the season in the last minute. They had to come from behind in the last 20 minutes to beat Dundalk. Down in Sligo, they had to win it uh, in the la- late on as well. And then they were a goal down with whatever, 15 minutes to go yesterday and to actually go and win the game 2-1. So it's... It's as you were saying about that that old Man United team under Alex Ferguson. They just keep going, but they they must have some levels of fitness as well. Yeah, no, really impressive. League isn't over, as you say. There's a long way to go, and Rovers were further ahead last season. But they just for the other teams, it looks a bit ominous. I think it's is that eleven league wins in a row now for Shamrock Rovers. If you go back to last season, throw in the cup final, which they won, albeit on penalties. Um, they're they're in some form yeah definitely Jared was obviously covering with St. Pat's against 
uh, Finn Harps 2-0 win with Georgie Kelly getting both of the goals. But I think, you know, business, back in business for, for St. Pat's, that that's the result they needed after um, a draw, uh, a defeat. And now, obviously, they got bounced back with a win there. So I think that's good for them now that their confidence will be high. They now have a goal scorer, which they've been, probably been lacking the last while. They've had good players in the team and good strikers, but they haven't had an out-and-out goal scorer, which is what this fella is. And it shows his ambition that he's willing to leave the champions to go and play somewhere where he knows he'll be the main man and the, and the main goal scorer. It, obviously, a manager he knows very well with Stephen O'Donnell, who we have links with at Dundalk. Um, so yeah, he obviously uh, and and he's got Robbie Benson there as well, who played with him at Dundalk as well and knows his game. So I I think he set up one of the one of the two goals, um, because he spoke about it. But yeah, I think this is a really, really good sign and for St. Pat's, and I think that's something that they've been lacking. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you're on about the Dundalk connection. It was the first goal Robbie Benson set up, and it was a beautiful sliding pass. And uh, he he just picked out Georgia Kelly perfectly, and that was, that was the first goal, I think it was after about 12, 14 minutes, I think it was, that uh, Pats took the lead. And uh, yeah, and the second one was a real striker's instinct. Um, it was well. It was another mistake, actually. What I the first goal from a Finn Harps point of view was a bit of a disappointment for Sam Todd. He was caught in possession by Robbie Benson. Benson did really, really well. Second goal, I think Harps self-destructed again. Kosfor Siddiqui put uh, he left his back pass short, and Georgia Kelly, real striker's instinct. He was on it like a flash, and uh, he rounded Mark McGinley and just rolled it into the net. And I, I think a two 0 half an hour gone. It was, it was effectively game over. Yeah, I, I think th- I think that's the case. I think Finn Harps are gonna collect their points a lot more um at home this season than obviously away even with with or without fans. Um, I kind of feel sorry for them in a way because I thought they recruited well and stuff like that. But um, when I see results like that, it doesn't shock me. When I see, but I've also kind of feel sorry for them because you know I heard stories about them. You know, and having having to rent out. Um, dressing rooms from the school and stuff like this. So they're struggling financially. This COVID uh, thing is not helping them one bit. Not that it's helping anybody, but it's really affecting them. And they're really kind of on a shoestring budget trying to keep the f- club afloat, which you got. it's it's quite ad- admirable considering they're from Donegal. And, you know, this, they still have players there coming from all over to play for them and stuff like that. And you just kind of feel bad for them in a way. You'd like to see them do well, obviously. I wouldn't like to see them finish ahead of shells this season, but I would like to see them stay. I, I just like having them in the league. I think they they kind of bring something different. They do, they, and it, it's actually it's a great place to to visit. Um, I mean, Ballyboffey isn't isn't a big town, and I mean, Donegal has has a decent football tradition, but I think it's always difficult. It's it's a long way from. It feels like it's a long. It's certainly a long way from Dublin. It's probably a long way from everywhere. Um, the only games they have that are anywhere close, I suppose, for them are Sligo Rovers and Derry City. But they have a lot of travelling to do. Um, yeah, this lockdown, it, it has affected them. It's, and it's been really tough. They've come back. They've, they've lost They've lost three out of three. Um, and who have they got up next? Bohemians coming to mean, And they're looking at Bohemians having beaten Dundalk. And I don't know. It's uh, this, this division isn't very forgiving for them. Um, but... There's a long way to go yet, and they are very tough to beat at Finn Park. And Keith Long, he said it in his interview, he knows he's going to have a match there on Saturday. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't write them off yet. Um, they'll, they're probably aiming for even the playoffs at this stage. And uh, as I know too well as a Limerick fan, Finn Harps in the playoffs are very, very tough to beat. Yeah, well, obviously last year as well, when they played the playoff as well. So... Yeah, well, look, I uh, I say Jer caught up with Georgie Kelly and Stephen O'Donnell to get their thoughts after the game. So here you go. Jer Brown here for Irish Football Fan TV, and I'm with St. Pat's goal-scoring hero Georgie Kelly. Georgie, it's finally nice to get off the mark and get two goals, makes it even sweeter. Yeah, it's um, it's better relief. It's better relief. Um. You know, when you first come to the club, um, the big, you know, everyone's waiting on you know trying to get your first goal, and there's a lot of pressure on. There's a lot of pressure on to, you know, to, to you know to get that first one. And so normally when you get the first one, then normally they come a few of them come. So I'm delighted, yeah, to get to get two in the right, and most importantly get get the three points on the board, and move up the table, you know. 
Now the second goal was a bit of a mistake from their behalf, but the first goal, lovely to pass in by Robbie Benson to set you up. Yeah, great little vision. I know from, from playing with Robbie that he, he loves that little reverse pass when he cuts inside, he reverses it back on himself. Um, so luckily, he, I didn't. I thought he was going to shoot, to be honest, so uh, delighted that he, he put it in the play for me and finished it, so it was great. Yeah. Oh, selfish player. Yep. Obviously, it would be nice for you to catch, uh, get your hat-trick at the end. Were you a little bit annoyed to be? I was, I was, because I missed a great chance. Um, Jay McLennan played me through there, just probably just 15 minutes into the second half, um, and I should have scored. Uh, so, yeah, a bit, bit of disappointment there, but listen, as I say, we're delighted to get three points and and um, you know move up the table. It looked at one stage that you might even have uh, seen the second half. You went down after a heavy challenge with Dave Webster. You're holding knee for a small bit. You had to go off the pitch just for a brief moment, but no major issues there. Hopefully not. Now just get it assessed there now, um, and I'll reassess it in the morning. But hopefully it's it, it should settle just a bit of swelling. Should be okay. Yeah. There'll be a case of deja vu now Monday night when you head up to Finn Park you to play Finn Harps again. This time the FAI Cup. Yeah, listen, again, another massive, massive game because, you know, we, we see the FA Cup as, as a competition that we can do well in and, uh, and progress in. Um, so it's never easy heading up to, up to Donegal. Um, it's not going to be easy again, especially, as you say, back-to-back. Van Harps are a big physical side, and we're going to have to, you know, regroup and, and, and go again. Um, so, yeah, we'll be all guns blazing because we know how important they, these cup games are, and, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Be a nice trip back home for you. Finally, just over two weeks now since you signed, this is your second game. How have you settled back in, or how have you settled even in here so far? Um, great. The lads have been brilliant. Um, I've moved in, moved the house up here in, in Selbridge um, with a few of the boys. It's been great. Everyone at the club's been, you know, really welcoming. Um, and you know, the period for me to settle in has been has been a breeze, really. Um, so I'm just looking now, looking forward now to get more minutes and hopefully, you know, over the next few couple of months to chip in a few, a few goals. And we'd like to be joined by St. Pat's manager Stephen O'Donnell following our 2 0 victory against Finn Harps. Stephen, the perfect response to Monday's setback against Derry. Yeah, good response. Obviously, um, you know, would have taken that result before kickoff. Obviously, everyone was a little bit sort of down after Monday night, um, you know, after a positive performance previous Friday. So, um, important we got back up on the horse and back on track and happy to do so. And But also, well aware that. We do, we do have to improve and we will improve but the, the players' attitude and application w- was excellent and we, we kick off from here. Yeah, and great as well to see your new striker, Georgia Kelly, hit the ground running with a brace tonight. Yeah, very happy, you know, obviously it's important for a striker, you know, for his confidence to, to get up and running as quick as possible. So, you know, probably happier with Georgie's second goal than his first in the sense of we're looking for him to improve maybe his reactions and his second movements and that. And he did, you know, he he, he would, could have easily given up on a somewhat uh, hopeful ball, but he pressurised the defender and the keeper into a little mix-up and, and went and finished with great composure. After conceding in both your last two games, nice as well to keep a clean sheet. Yeah, exactly. You know, our defensive record has been pretty decent. You know, we've won, we've given away sloppy goals when probably we've been in possession. Something we're trying to eradicate. But, um, <clears throat> you know, on the whole, before I think we'd conceded two in our first four pre-COVID. Uh, obviously conceded three in our in our first two posts and then clean sheet today. So on the whole, our defending has been pretty good and we're trying to build on that. Obviously, foundations are are built at the back and, um, you know, something we're going to try and look to be consistent with and then obviously have be, have a bit of thread up the other end. This win now moves you into fourth and say, I know there's still a couple of games that had this weekend. No, the manager's motto will just take it every game at a time. But the fact now it's only an 18, te- 18 league season, do you start looking at the table and looking at possible European places already? Look, you'd be lying if you weren't in the sense of, as you said, it's a sprint finish, 18 league, 18 league games, there's not huge margin for error. So, you know, obviously you're keeping a little eye, but ultimately it comes back to us on the training pitch and then our performances each and every time we, we take the pitch on a match day. You know, if you get that right, the attitude application and, and um, you know, I think we have some talented individuals mix all that in together. You shouldn't be too far away most weeks, so that's what we're kind of concentrating on. But you do have a little peek at the table, also, as you said, you're nearly you're nearly like on the on the on the home run already after just what feels like just starting back. Another quick turnaround. Three days again, you're in action again. Finns Harps again in the FAI Cup up in Finn Park. Yeah, exactly. Same opposition. It'll be the same for both teams. Quick turnaround for both teams. So it's a game we try and recover over the weekend, and it's a game we're looking forward to, and we'll be going up there. Um, you know, knowing that it's going to be a physical, tough encounter, and. Both teams know they're four games away from, from a cup final appearance, so both teams will be going out of hammer and tongs, and we're looking forward to it. And finally, the last time I spoke to you was the Cork match here, which was just before the country went into lockdown, 
and you could face a couple of headaches yourself now because there is one of them counties that's gone into lockdown you have a couple of players living there and obviously you, you train there any update I know it's the early days no we only found out literally when the boys were taking the, the pitch for the warm up so that's a bridge we'll cross when we come to it but I, I won't, don't have any news or information on that front you know literally we're coming out of the dressing room after the game so we'll cross that bridge as I said when we come, when we, when we come to it Stephen thanks for your time thank you so they are Stephen O'Donnell and Georgie Kelly giving their aftermatch reactions to our man, Gerard Brown. Um, on to Shelburne and Sligo from the showgrounds. And obviously 2-1 win for Sligo, unfortunately for me. But uh, Jesse Devers with the goal, uh, with the first goal after 30 seconds. And then David Cawley with the second then uh, before... Gary Deegan getting the consolation goal in added time and stoppage time if you're at it. Um from from your position here, what what were you thinking? After thirty seconds I was thinking myself, Oh no, here we go. Yeah, Paul, I ter- I mean to, to concede so early. Ryan DeVries it did really well down the left, by the way, to, to set up that goal. Um but got I mean you're going away from home in Shelburne's position position you're coming off you a very good win away from home in Bally Buffet with 10 men I mean you have to try and keep it tight first 15-20 minutes and uh, you concede after 30 seconds one of the fastest goals of the of the season and uh, from a defensive point of view it, it it didn't get any better I thought the, the second goal was very disappointing from Michelle's point of view corner on the right um, was never cleared and uh, it just it just seemed to fall to David Cawley. Just happened to be in the right place and stuck it in from six yards. And uh, unfortunately, I thought from your point of view and from a Shelburne point of view, it was uh, I thought Sligo were very good value for the win. But um, ah, they were, yeah, yeah. But can I just say we're talking about teams coming back from lockdown, and I know Bowes and we're talking about Bowes and, and Rovers coming back with with full points. Sligo have been incredibly impressive. I mean. They're two. They were they were bottom of the table. They didn't have a point uh, when they came back from lockdown. They're after getting two wins out of two and and two hugely impressive wins, uh, two surprise wins. Yeah, but at the same time, I think they benefited from the fact that the Waterford game was obviously postponed and Shells had to play the extra game. That I think they benefited a lot more. Shells had to go up and play a large part of that game with ten men um, up in up in Bally Buffet. All the travelling as well on top of that. Um, then they're going back to Sligo then. So look, I'm not making excuses. But I did say I I said it as well on today FM that you know I wasn't optimistic about getting a result down uh, in the showgrounds because they've had the ex- the, the the extra break really. Yeah, they obviously use that to their advantage and credit to them. You know, you you got to capitalize on these things, and if you don't, I think you'd be silly not to you know try and get gain any every advantage you can to get out of the relegation zone. But shells need we need to be careful that we're not dragged into. Um, a relegation battle after doing so well, starting off so well, a couple of defeats before you know you're right back in there, you're sucked back in. So shells just need to be very, very wary that like get, get players like Carl Shepherd sent off, who we're gonna need for the course of the season. He's experienced, he's seasoned, uh, he knows the league inside out. He's the type of player who'll help you grind out a win. He's not the type of fella that you want getting sent off and missing games. Um, and especially at that early into a game. Now, luckily, Shells were brilliant against Finn Harps and were able to do it, but just lacking a goal score, knowing that they're to put the ball in the net. Once it gets to midfield, Shells look lost for ideas. And, yeah, it's just... It's about it's about getting someone to score the goals in the box. Jay's Cabby hasn't looked himself since the since the restart. Sean Quinn's came in and done really well, I think, anyway, alongside Gary Deegan there. Gary Deegan's obviously been a standout as well. Uh, really leads the Shells team. Probably like to see him go, get up the pitch a bit more. He likes to take the ball, give it simple. I'd like to see him do a little bit more with it. Uh, obviously, he scored the goal in, uh, later on. But, yeah, as you said, defensive defensively uh, were, were the two problems for the goals. Two defensive errors, really, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was very easy for Sligo, I think, anyway. So, yeah, Shells just need to be playing Derry now. And they're after coming off being beaten by Shamrock Rovers after doing so well against them. I'm not looking forward to to welcoming them to Talker Park. But look, it's um you, you gotta win these games to stay in the division to show that you're 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 there on merit. So it's gonna be up to Shells to show that. As for Sligo, uh 
massive credit to them. They've got really good players there. Ronald Coughlin's a really good player. Uh, you've got uh, Junior to add to the mix there, or, as well as Devers. Yeah. Um. So look, they've they've a good team. Liam Buckley knows the league. He'll also be eager to stay in the league. You know, he. I don't think they'll be anywhere near the relegation come the end of the season. Um, which is kind of mad because I thought they were gone effectively. Um, at the lockdown. So credit to them as well. Look, it can change after a few games. Everybody could beat everyone in this division, and it's shown. Yeah, I mean, you're saying you don't think Sligo will have any trouble staying in the division. Is it ridiculous to talk about Sligo Rovers for Europe? I mean, bit, bit, bit premature, I think. It's but, a bit yeah, premature, but they, they could they could be in the. I mean, it's all so tight around there. I mean, you're talking about shells for possibly avoid relegation. I mean, if you're looking at the table, um, anyone goes on a decent run of matches. And I mean, I, I think you've got to look at Waterford for Europe. You've got to look at St. Pat's. You've got to look at Shells. You've got to look at Sligo. And, and equally, I mean, if the results go wrong for Sligo Rovers um, next weekend, they could be bottom of the table. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it, it is, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's going to be a very tight league. And I mean, it's, it's great from the situation that there's only 18 games. Every game really matters. And, uh, but if anyone who finds a bit of form, yeah, I wouldn't rule out. Apart from the bottom two now, I think everyone, if they could find a bit of form, Europe is realistic. Um, so you mean Cork and Fitharps? I mean Cork and Fitharps. I think their, their aim will be to avoid, avoid relegation. But I think anybody else, they might have an eye over their shoulder. They might be, don't, don't want to go into bad form. But likewise, if if they had a couple of wins, two or three wins together, and then you're, you're definitely looking at a possibility of Europe. Well, this is it, isn't it? Because of the, the way the, the fixtures are. You know, any anyone can get lucky this year. Um, and, you know, good luck to them if they do. But um, Shells need to, need to bounce back. And I think... Um, I think Sligo will be fine now. I think they'll go on a little bit of a run. Um, still think Europe might be a bit premature, but people were talking about shells for Europe up until last week as well. So I can see what you mean. But let's talk about Waterford and Cork, the RSC, and nil-nil. But there's some there's some things to talk about. Obviously, the two players of Waterford got negative results for the COVID tests. So um, that's that's over and done with now they can go back to playing games their doctor did quit the club which i think we'd spoken before on our last show about and um, nothing more really has came out about that and then daryl murphy who is supposedly uh is set to sign was obviously in the stands at the at the game as well so it looks like he's going to sign for them which um for me I, i'm not that overly bothered i mean he's what 37 now i it's not for me that exciting, but like it's it's always good to see former international players coming back. But I just don't like the fact of them coming back so late. I just don't think it really adds any anything to the league. Mind you, I say that, but if Wes Hulen came back next week, I'd be all over it. So I I don't know. Um, maybe maybe I'm kind of being a a walking contradiction there in that sense. But it just doesn't really excite me that much. Uh, but Waterford fans might think differently. As for Cork, they need to start picking up points. Well, I think both of them, having watched the game, both of them could have done with Daryl Murphy. Um, he's 37, but he's um, he still has goals in him. And I look, time will tell. Um, he hasn't, as far as I know, he hasn't signed yet. So I don't know what the, the hold-up. It's certainly been talked about for quite a while now. Um, I mean, Waterford certainly could have done with him on Saturday. It was a... It was a Frankly, it was a poor game. The first half was pretty awful. Um, second half livened up a bit. I thought Waterford were the better team without without doing enough to win the game. Um, had a couple of chances. Michael O'Connor, um, who's who's back again with Waterford and a decent enough signing as well. Yeah. Um, he had a good chance early in the second half. They had a, a storm. Probably the controversial moment was the Kevin O'Connor um, handball, or was it handball? You can give us your thoughts in the comments um, whether you think it was a penalty or not. I imagine all the Waterford fans will will say it was definitely a penalty. And uh, Will Fitz, a player I know well from Limerick, uh, lovely old-fashioned winger. He had a great chance at the end, and Mark McNulty did well to, to smother it. Uh, Cork... Cork didn't show much, frankly. I think they'll be happy. They'll be the happier of the two with the point. Um, 
it still leaves them bottom but it's it's down to goal difference now and uh but it's it's, it's going to be very tight um but i don't know Warf will probably be disappointed i mean they have high hopes of europe and uh but they would have been looking for three points on saturday yeah well these are the games that they have to win you know they've obviously had uh all that thing in the background that might have been a distraction for them as well so you just don't know maybe when, when murphy comes in things might go back being positive again they might take out results so that's something you just kind of have to see as for cork i mean I just I struggle to see where they get results these days. Um, it's it's a far cry from what they were two years ago. You know, it's it really is. It's they've just really deteriorated, and they just don't really show anything anymore. From a team that were so dominant, and you know, always fighting with Dundalk as the top two, and here they are, they can barely get a goal these days. You know, they've obviously got beat by Bows, which doesn't look like as bad of a result now if you're kind of going off recent games. But then they come up against Waterford, who who beat Charles last week and looked really good doing it too. I don't know, but what they need definitely is a goal scorer, and that's probably why they're in the position that they're in now. They bought Graham, or they signed back Graham Cummins. He's apparently playing as a centre back now. So yeah, that's a strange one. But that's that's what he said. He wanted to come back as play play as um. He'll obviously be a threat from corners, but he he certainly they could do with the the Graham Cummins, the striker, or um. Yeah, I don't know where the the goals are going to come from, and it's probably not just someone to put the ball in the net. It's probably to create the chances as well that they they don't seem to create a lot of chances. It's not as if they're if they're missing lots of goals every week either. Yeah, well, um, I just want to I just want to leave it on that note regarding the games, and I know you want to talk about the European games and Owen Cowser, you know, had a tweet out earlier on about the Europa League draw. Um, so return. I'm going to try to pronounce it. Retiria uh, of Lithuania are facing Derry City. That's an away fixture for Derry. Uh, Shamrock Rovers are facing, I think you said, Ilvis Tampere uh, from Finland. Yeah. And that's a home game. And then Ferrer, Ferrer uh, from Hungary will face Bose. Um, so there's no travel restrictions for those games as of now. Um, that could change. We don't know. But... Um, they are the toys then, and there's obviously the Dundalk one as well. As I get that now, but uh, against Selja, yeah, that's what is it? They're playing uh, NK Selja, the Slovenian champions. Well, I know you've got your research done on them, so if you want to talk about well, all the teams, if you want, yeah. So um, we start with the Champions League, and uh, I think it was an awful draw for Dundalk. Um, they, they were very unlucky because the other they, they were they were down to fifty fifty between the Pharaohs, um, a KI classic. I think the Pharaohs champions and the Slovenian champions, and obviously there's a, a huge difference in quality there. Um, Selje, they, they're not often in Europe, and they they often get knocked out in the first round. But um, a bit surprised winners of Slovenian league up against the likes of Maribor and Olympic Ljubljana. Uh, one bonus for Dundalk is the travel restrictions mean the game will not take place in Selje. It's actually being played in just outside Budapest in the Wishpest Stadium. So more of a neutral venue, but they, they still have to travel. But it's going to be very, very difficult. Well, um, I know, I know uh, Nathan Adua would play with Ljubljana and he would have come up against them as well. He, he, he noted it there the other day, yesterday. Yeah. And and then I mean the small in today's draw if they were to beat Selje, they they either play well more than likely they'll play Molde of Norway, um or Sol, the Solskjaer is all team, yeah, and uh, or or Cups Cupio I think of Finland, uh, they're, they're meeting in the first round and Dundalk will are at home to the winners if they do beat Selje, but that that that's going to be a, a big ask. Uh, one one small advantage for Dundalk is the Slovenians are out of season and their league only starts on Wednesday, so um, it's uh, it might give them a small advantage, um, but uh, it's going to be very very difficult. And the other thing is Dundalk are not in the best of form since lockdown, so fingers crossed they can do it. But it's it's going to be very tough. It's a good um, final, really, isn't it for them? Yeah, I mean, it's a one-legged game, so I suppose 90 minutes and possibly extra time and penalties, anything can happen. But um, unfortunately, I think Selje will be will be favourites. Yeah. 
Well, we'll talk about the other toys then, and then we'll wrap it up for for the hour then. Sure. Um, Shamrock Rovers have a home draw against um, Ilves Tampere. They're, they're only seventh uh, currently. They're, they're mid-season as well in the Finnish league. Uh, three wins, three draws, three defeats. So pretty um, average enough form. So uh, I, I think Rovers have a great chance in this game because, because one, they're at home and they're in flying form. They did really well in Europe last year. They beat Brand, who you think are a, a tougher proposition. And they did really well against the, the Cypriot club as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd be I'd be very optimistic for for Shamrock Rovers. Um, Bows, uh, not so much. Um, they were drawn away to Fehervar uh, or something. I, I, I'm bordering the pronunciations here um, of Hungary, and uh, it's going to be really tough, tough for Bows. So. Their their first game is on Saturday as well, so they're out of season. Maybe they'd be a slight advantage. Um, they finished second in the league last year, about thirteen points behind Ferenc Faris, who older Bose fans may remember. They they knocked Bose out in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, that was six nil in aggregate. So hopefully Bose will do a bit better against Faravar, but it's going to be very tough. And I think the Hungarian side at home will be warm favourites for that. Um, Derry City is an interesting one. Uh, they were drawn away, which probably is not what you want against Ritteria or anyway, the, the Lithuanian team. Um, so they're currently actually rock bottom of the Lithuanian league. They're having an awful season. They've only the only win they've actually had is against Zalgiris, who are actually one of, who are currently top of the league, which is a bit of a surprise. But otherwise, they're they're in pretty awful form. One win and four draws, nine defeats. Um, so I think Derry have to have a great chance here, even though they're away from home. And uh, I quite fancy Derry City and Shamrock Rovers to go through. Yeah, well, obviously we want all the teams to go through if they're playing from obviously Ireland. I know you feel that way as well. But, Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, they're all toys that are winnable because they're all, they're all cup finals. Do you know what I mean? So, look, I'd, I, I'd love to see all four win or two out of four, three out of four, whatever. I'd just like to see us do well in Europe because I think the league needs it and I think I think the teams need it too. And we think we need a bit of a bit of a boost. And you always see when, when teams in our league do well, a lot of the fans from other clubs get behind them. And that's kind of a thing I'd like to see again soon. Yeah, I mean, you said it. I think fans do go uh, along as neutrals and support our clubs in Europe, which is is great to see. In in general, rivalries left aside. Not too sure in the Shamrock Rovers Bows. I don't think there's a lot of love lost there when they're playing in Europe. But otherwise, certainly as a Limerick fan, I I am happy to support any Irish club in Europe, and I really would love to see all of all four of our clubs go through and uh, do us proud. So fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we'll we'll wrap it up there with our League of Ireland show. Huge thanks to anyone who's been watching live with us. If you're not watching it live and you're watching it back, don't forget to drop a like on the video. Don't forget to subscribe. If you want to follow us, if you're watching, you can follow me at, at paulneal 90 on Instagram and at paulneal 2508 on Twitter. You can follow Gary on Twitter at Spain. Gary, if you're listening on podcasts as well, don't forget to give a five-star rating. We'll speak to you guys soon. Thanks for watching. All the best. Take care now.